Hey everyone, this is week three of Reconstruct. We're a podcast where we chat about building life as a follower of Jesus on the other side of deconstruction. Last week, Hakeem and I took a moment to define deconstruction and seeing it as a stop in a much larger journey in following Jesus rather than a destination. But this week, Tom and I have a conversation about technology and living in a digitally saturated world. We think that it's crucial for the coming generation to identify the lies of the digital world if we're gonna have any chance to build from here. Understanding that these tech companies are literally making a profit off of our attention. So they're perfectly curating ads so that they can take from us and not give to us. What we're gonna be talking about today is uh, digital distraction and the concept that we are, as a generation, by and large, obsessed with the digital space and with the internet and the influx of information at unprecedented levels, we are like reeling as a society trying to figure out how to be human Mm -hmm. in this time that we're hyper-connected. Are you feeling that? Yes, we just love, we just love our phones. We love our tablets and our devices and we've figured out a way to incorporate them into every, literally everything we do in our life, which is great in a lot of ways, but also, we, we literally don't know what we're doing because these things have only been around for like a decade. Right. And I've also seen young people and am guilty of this myself where like if you don't bring a charger to something and your phone is like about to You're die, done. you start to like lose it. Like my heart rate starts to go up when I get that little notification <laughs> on my phone that says like you're at 20% or you're at 10%. Like how ridiculous it's is like that? like your own body is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so uh, Tom and I have both been on a bit of a journey of trying to figure out what is the right way to connect with technology yeah. and also what, uh, like in what ways is this like poisoning us mm-hmm. and turning us into some subhuman version of who we're meant to be. Yeah. And in this conversation about the next generation and building a better version of following Jesus, we think that right at the center of a lot of these conversations is the way that we interact with information through the digital sphere. Mm-hmm. And there are some like crazy, amazing things that this opens for us, opportunities that weren't there before, mm-hmm. but also um, a bunch of things that are almost unintended consequences that we can get sucked into. And so definitely want to open this up with a question to you, Tom. So when you think about all of the information that's flooding our phones and coming to us all the time, there's a particular like spin that comes to us through all of this. And for you, I, I know I've heard you say that it's really important for us to figure out what the lies are that yeah. we're being told that maybe we just accept as reality, mm-hmm. but underneath there's like other wills at play here. Right. So I guess a question that I have for you to tee off this episode is what are the lies of the digital world that we are just believing and that we're accepting that are moving us toward deconstruction and distraction? And how does, how does those lies keep us from living to our full potential? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, 
I think it's a really important question, something that I've wrestled with a lot, um, just because I have grown up in the generation that had the iPhone, that had social media as like equivalent to their community. Like that has been my life experience. So um, it's something that I just feel like I've naturally been forced to either educate myself with and like invest time in understanding or just get like trampled by it. Because I feel like (laughs) those are kind of the two camps. Like some people just like don't put thought whatsoever into how they interact with their phone, their technology, whatever it is. And then some people are being like hyper thoughtful and trying to like grapple with like, what is this thing in my hand? What is this doing to my body, my psychology, my life, my relationships, my community? So I do think like asking that question, what are the lies of the digital world is a really good place to start with this conversation. And I think a first lie um, that I've found is just the simple lie that you can be everywhere at once. Um, (laughs) Yeah, totally. Like this limitlessness as I think about it. Um, Through tech, we've adopted this belief that we're outside of limits when in every other category, it was like, oh, do you want to come over to my house today? Sure, but that means I can't go to anybody else's house. Mm -hmm. You know, do you want to play on this sports team? Sure, but that means I can't play. You know, it's like that's how we thought about things. So we understood our limits in literally every capacity. Right. Um, And even if you think about the world being really connected to the cycles of the earth, like when the sun goes down, like you would go to sleep. Right. When it's cold outside, you're not harvesting, right? And but mm-hmm. when it gets warmer, then you start like planting and like yes. all this stuff. So we were connected to things outside of our control. Right. Uh, and like living uh in a yes to one thing and a no to something else. Yeah. But you're right, tech gives us this yeah. ability to almost feel like we can transcend our humanity. Right. Yeah. Which is so interesting because we start to adopt this idea that we're limitless and we start to transcend our humanity in a way. And in that process, essentially what we're doing is we're becoming our own God. We're becoming omnipresent, Mm. omnipowerful. Like we're thinking like, I all of a sudden I can be in all sorts of different places at all sorts of different times. And I can do things that I never would have been able to do, which has positive aspects to it and then has a lot of negative aspects to it. Because the reality is, is that we are still human and we still have limits. We're not God. And when we try to be something we're not, every time we crash and burn in some way. Mm. So it's like we're setting ourselves up for disaster trying to be – like if a human being lived into their humanness – they would thrive. If a human being started to try to be a horse or uh, (laughs) like some random other thing or God, eventually they're going to crash and burn. And I think that's what we're seeing for our world today. I think this crashing and burning um, amidst the limitlessness looks like anxiety and depression at record highs, inability to make choices because we're too scared that we'll make the wrong decision. I've seen that Mm. so many times. Uh, Fear of missing out on just about everything. This low-grade discontentment because we're comparing everything we do to someone else's version of life via their Instagram story. Right. Yeah. It's like if if you're only filling your, your feed with looking at how perfect everyone else's life is, 
then it makes the reality of your life, the struggle, the grind of just like life as a human being seem like you're missing out on some version of something out there when it's all a lie. And it's become so difficult, possibly impossible to be content in our life if we're connected to the digital world because we almost can never be in a moment and be fully satisfied with that moment. We could be at the nicest hotel in the nicest country on an 80 degree day at sunset and literally with like a beautiful meal in front of us. But then we see somebody's story who's like some other random nice place. And we just were like, well, their picture makes it look a little better than my picture. <laughs> like, and we miss like this beautiful moment that's right. in front of us. I also think about concerts now. Oh my God. How like, instead of just sitting and soaking in a piece of music, or watching an artist just crush it. Like I remember being at at a Kendrick Lamar show and it was like so bizarre how many phones are just up in the air trying to like capture a moment rather than being in Goodness. it. it. This is one of my least favorite, least favorite develop, <laughs> developments of my generation. When we go to a concert or when you go to a public place that has a sunset or anything, you I've literally so many times just looked around at One time I was sitting in a room and literally everyone in the room except me was on their phone, like taking a picture or doing, and I was like, what is going on? Like, what's going on right now? (laughs) Like, we're here. (laughs) This cool thing is happening, but like, we're trying to capture like a less cool version of it through our phone so that we can connect someone who's not here to it so that maybe we can feel like some gratification from their jealousy. (laughs) (laughs) Totally, man. Yeah. So I think it's this interesting thing, but I do believe that we have to come in touch with our limits if we're ever going to start to live full life, if we're ever going to start to like be content, be grateful. Um, yeah. And, and be in the moment. And then the second lie, um, is just the lie of the projected self, which ties right into that um, social media persona. And this is the idea that the image you curate for yourself is more important than your character. You are who you are um, and and the future self isn't real. So it's this, this crazy thing that like we've moved away from like character formation, caring about like, who we are as human beings, how we interact with people in relationships, our integrity, our honesty, like all these big deal things. And all we really care about is like, what is the image that we're projecting on our Instagram, on our Snapchat, on our Twitter? Like what are people seeing of us? Right. Like it's almost more important for people to think that you are a good person rather than actually doing the hard work of becoming a person of love and justice and peace in the world. And in that process, we're actually, I think we're actually losing like the know-how of how to, how to form our character because what we're being trained in and what we're seeing is, okay, how do I develop my feed or how do I curate this image that I can make look really good so I can get the right picture to post it and people can see me in this certain light. And so everything we're kind of like subconsciously and consciously thinking about is this projected image while the whole time like this projective image isn't who we are. Mm. Um, and, And not only is that happening, but then we're missing out on all the character formation stuff. And there's this deficit of like 
character training. Like we don't have people who know who they are anymore. And so they don't know how to teach other people mm. who they are. And like where, and like the whole value system has been messed up. And it's, it's this really honestly like sad thing because it's compromising like our development as, as like a heart, at a, like a heart and soul level. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything's just really being pushed to the surface. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So we got those two lies. We got that we try to transcend our humanity. We try to curate an image. Yeah. But what's the other lie that we're now? Yeah. This third here? lie um, is just the, the one that companies profit off of our attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is something, I mean, if you guys have seen the Social Dilemma documentary um, that recently came out on Netflix, um, finally, we've kind of been able to see somebody do it really well, kind of like condense all this information yeah. that's been out for a while. This isn't necessarily new if you've been in the conversation, um, but it is new to a lot of people who have been out of the conversation. Yeah. Um, and it's this really thing, like understanding that these tech companies are literally making a profit off of our attention. Yeah. So they're pure, perfectly curating ads so that they can take from us and not give to us. Mm. And I think that's an important piece to key in on here is that like these companies have selfish ambition and greed behind that's their right. desire for our attention. They don't care about our heart, our soul, our relationships, wow. our self-worth. Like <laughs> what do they care about? Their stock price, their right. numbers, their profits. And so they're insanely smart and they're curating these different algorithms and all sorts of different things so that they can target our attention in the exact way so that they can make a buck. Mm. And that's what they want to do. And and I think this is like, well, I know, and like statistically we know this is just detrimental mm. because we're hooked. Like we have just bought full into these algorithms, these ways of living, and these companies have, have just done a great job essentially their product that they made is working and it's working better than we've ever seen anything and I think the hard thing that I wrestle with is that there are some good things that these things offer to our lives like a level of connection and people always say that they're like well I have this app because I love keeping up with my family you hear that all the time if maybe you don't live close to your family or extended family whatever yeah totally (laughs) but what happens is we go into these things and we end up like scrolling and we end up buying things that we don't need and we end up going down rabbit holes of of like people tagged this person, this person, this person. Right. So we actually spend a small fraction of the time yeah. actually using the thing for connection and we end up being used by it for profit of these different companies. Right, right. Which is, I've been wrestling personally with that for so long because it, it's like, okay, these are technologies and we are humans yeah. and we are intelligent. So it's like, how could we use these awesome things as a tool? Like that is such a, that's such a good question and it's a good thing to be wrestling with but it's also like seemingly nearly impossible (laughs) because these companies have really mastered their craft and are like pointing us right where we like right where it hurts like and we can't do anything about it we're just like submitting to their power and I think about like that line it's like um when Jesus is talking about like, would you forfeit your soul for the world mm. or would you gain it? And and it's like these companies want us to forfeit our soul, That's you right. know, so that we can allegedly gain the world. Like they're like, look, do the do X, Y, and Z, give us all your time, and then you'll gain 
whatever it is that they're saying will gain. Mm. But what's happening is we're forfeiting our soul in the process while Jesus, on the other hand, is like, gain your soul. Don't forfeit like everything else. So yeah. it's literally like opposite of what we're seeing mm. happen in the digital sphere. Yeah. So you talk a lot about uh, digital distraction as being the antithesis of being present to the moment. Yeah. And even people at, at concerts, at restaurants or whatever, mm-hmm. trying to capture as something, they're so distracted of living in a different sphere that they don't actually yeah. sit and they aren't present to their body, to their mind. Yeah. So for you, why is that like such a problem? Like why is there a need within us to be more present to the moment? And what is digital distraction doing to us? Yeah, I think at the root of this one um, is that our lack of presence is a problem because we're transformed by the presence of God. So if we don't know how to be present with ourselves, how are we ever going to be able to be present with God? I think that's like before we even start thinking about even being in community with other people, being able to have a, like a, a conversation with a friend and actually listen to what they're saying. It's like, no, like, We're transformed by the presence of God, but we can't even get there if we're not present with ourselves. Um, How are we supposed to hear his voice if we don't know how to enter into silence or if we don't feel comfortable in the quiet place? Yeah. There's that quote from Blaise Pascal, and it's, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Right. And how many of us, myself included, when I'm in a room by myself, you you feel this need, almost this like impulse to reach for your phone and right. to fill the void. Right. And you're saying that like, instead of filling the void with noise and other people's opinions and mm-hmm. using these apps, we actually need to use that space to be connected to God. For sure. Yeah, that quote just like, it just cuts to your heart because when we're honest with ourselves and we try to sit for five minutes in a room, it it becomes so difficult oftentimes. Yeah. And even in the secular world, everyone's getting into these fads of like mindfulness and quiet and like, they're just, they're like, okay, we see, we see there's something up. Like we see there's a problem. Um, but more than any of those practices, like we need to be able to sit in the silence because we need to hear from God. Mm. So the goal is to turn off that constant hum of the world and yeah. tune into the speaking spirit because we believe that God literally wants to speak to us. But silence is scary. And we hate, yeah. th- we hate the idea of entering into silence. It's become a subconscious fear because of the noise we're so often in. Mm. Think about your life. Like there's always a TV in the background, yeah. somebody talking, your phone buzzing. Like <laughs> we're just always in noise. So silence has become this like scary and uncomfortable thing. Mm. And we in America especially – hate discomfort, right? We're in the culture of comfort. Everything's about comfort. And we rarely step into discomfort. So if silence is in that discomfort category, why would we step into it? We don't need to. And now we have our phone, so we literally never have to go. So it's like, how would you convince someone to go into discomfort in silence. Right. Well, the reward must be great, right? Mm. There has to be something on the other end for it to be compelling enough for them to be like, okay, I'm really going to make myself very uncomfortable consistently. Yes. Like, why would I do that? So so what's the reward, right? Right. And I think that that's going to be one of the 
big distinctions in the next wave of people that follow Jesus yeah. is having this ability to almost have like a transcendence above being addicted to your phone and being locked into all of these digital systems that mm-hmm. we just kind of like take for granted. And there's a way to do this with wisdom. Like Tom, you and I, yeah. we are like not saying, okay, now you need to like burn your phone, right. go hide in a cave right. and just like drink water off the land, like whatever. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. it doesn't have to be crazy extreme. Yeah. But I think that you're onto something with saying the next wave of people are going to learn how to do this well. Right understand that digital spheres and the digital space can be an incredible tool, but we need to hold it at an arm's distance. And what what we've often done is just given all of this permission and all of this attention to things subconsciously that are running our minds, our bodies, and our spirits. And so we need to like bring this into the forefront and say, if we're going to build from here, this can't be like a secondary issue. This is actually one of the first things that you listening to this podcast can do today day is take a step toward health in the way that you use the digital space. Yeah. And I think it has to be a really proactive stance. Like this isn't something that we can kind of like take a backseat on, put on the burner, just expect that like, oh, I'll get over it. Like my time will come. I'll, I'll get like I'll get over my phone addiction. I'll like <laughs> I'll I'll get more comfortable in silence as, as I grow up. Like I think like like you're saying, we don't want to just throw everything out and become hermits, <laughs> but I think we do have to be semi-ruthless yeah. in the way that we like combat these things. And we have to very intentionally put rhythms of like silence and solitude into our lifestyle yeah. daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Yeah, totally. So as this podcast goes on, we're going to be doing specific episodes that talk about this issue um, in depth yeah. and are giving practical advice and how to step forward here. But the last question I have for you, Tom, is how does Jesus show us a better way forward? How can we actually take his life and teaching and pattern it into a way where we're building into something that makes us more present to the moment, more filled with love and joy and less sucked up into comparison and greed and all of that stuff? Mm. Yeah, I I think um, Jesus answers this question with attentiveness and presence to the moment. When we think about the stories of Jesus, he is just ridiculously present to the moment. It doesn't mean that he's like sitting in a quiet room by himself for all hours of the day. Jesus was doing a lot. Like when we look at his stories, he's moving from city to city. He's traveling. He's speaking to thousands of people. He's healing thousands of people. Everyone's trying to get a piece of him. Like when we look at that lifestyle, it honestly could be semi-chaotic. Like Mm. a lot of people would look at it and be like, man, that guy has a lot going on. Like, and then we look at our life of like being in a cubicle or something and being like, wow, like, you know, he's really going for it. Um, But then we start to look at the details of those stories and he's not somebody who's the businessman who's running around and has no time to talk to anyone and is like, go, 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 business, 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 which honestly he would have a green card for because he literally had to save the world. Like he had a big mission about him that he was going after. But instead we see Jesus being 
like ruthlessly present to the moment. I think about the story of him walking in the crowd um, and there's tons of people around him and he's trying to get to the next place and trying to like, I think it was save someone's life. Like somebody's life was on the line. So Mm -hmm. Jesus is on a mission. He's in a noisy place and, um, and this gal touches his cloak, like he touches his clothes, like just barely touches him, and he stops. And f- he feel first he's present enough to in his body mm-hmm. to even feel the touch. Like we often get brushed over and and we don't even like yeah, notice. Even but it. he's so present that like he feels this significant touch. He feels like a loss of power. He stops what he's doing and he turns. And he waits and then he, he like invites this this woman who touched him to reveal herself. And he has this sweet moment with her and he's not angry. He's not rushed. Wow. He's not anxious. He's loving, peaceful. She feels like he's the – and I think too that, that makes me think about um, that the, the – what's the Roger um, – Mr. Rogers? Mr. Rogers. Yeah. The Mr. Rogers movie, when he's talking to this little kid comes up and he, and he says this line of this little kid and he says, you're the most important thing in my world right now. Wow. And that's what I think Jesus is doing in that moment too. He's Mm -hmm. like, yes, I have things to do. Yes, I have a life and a work and a purpose and a mission. But right now, like you're the most important thing in my life. Um, wow. And that is just a powerful stance to take. And mm-hmm. I think we think like if we have that stance, we're not going to be able to get anything done. Everything's going to slow down. Our life's going to change. But I think the truth is that's a lie. Mm-hmm. I think the truth is that we'll actually start to be in deeper community. Yep. We'll we'll place these fake likes and comments and digital relationships for like a deep web of relationships and community. Yes. Um, and we'll start to like know people. We'll start to listen. We'll start to like know ourselves even. Um, and then we'll start to hear from God. Mm, I agree with that. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us again as we walk through rebuilding life in Jesus on the other side of deconstruction. And we're going to hit another topic, commitment phobia in the next one, and how oftentimes uh, fueled by this digital distraction, we have a hard time committing to a people and to a place. So hopefully you'll join us next time.